Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures do look to unwind Monday's late day bounce. These cautionary comments from Jamie Dimon, Neil Kashkari, even Moody's fueling the bearish sentiment. Tenure did hit 456 overnight, but has backed off. Our roadmap begins with the September slump for stocks. S&P Nasdaq now on track for the worst month since December. Plus economic risks. Moody's warning that a government shutdown would be negative for its U.S. rating. No surprise there. And history in the making. President Biden would be set or would become the first sitting president to visit a picket line. He's planning to join strikers uh, as those uh, workers of the big three hit 12 days of walking out on their jobs. Let's begin with the markets uh, on track for a lower open on this Tuesday. Jim, you've been watching yields, of course, and yeah. you commented this morning about the 20-year in particular. Yeah, I just think that we've been going toward, I've been saying this to club members, a, a let's just say the opposite of an inverted yield curve, a de-inverted, I, I'm calling it, but that's kind of prolix way to say it. But you've got a 4.8, you've got a 5, I mean, a 5.3. And what I think you can happen is, is that on the 20-year, you can easily get to 6. And with, the, with let's say, Neil Kashkari's right, Fed member, you have one uh, hike. Then you have no more inverted yield curve. Now, the problem is, is that, geez, I think people have to understand when I go over stocks, locking in a 4.8 is, is considered to be really pretty terrific. It's not bad. Right? No, it's not bad. Four, four, five, Versus 2006. Four, five for 10 years is not terrible either. No, and you're going back. You know, people are looking at it and you know, go back 16, 17 years. You say, wow, this is a great rate. So I think that that's really what we're up against with stocks. And I can talk about Mike, what Mike Worth said yesterday, CEO of Chevron and where oil's going. Talk about what Jamie Dimon's saying and, you know, get ready for six. But what I'm saying is, is that they haven't been able to slow the economy enough. And they're selling a lot of bonds. Fed's dumping its bonds. And I'm not saying we're dinosaurs because we've had tremendous periods where uh, stocks have gone up when they're 6 7% on the 20-year. But, David, let's face it. Uh, we could sit here all day and talk about, you know what, I really like the 20-year here. I'm taking it to a buy. And no one would disagree with us. No, well, listen, then, uh, I mean, the 10-year has come into, you know, a lot of conversation. Obviously, you and I were out yesterday when we breached that 4.5% level. But it certainly did seem to get a lot of people's attention. Don't know why 449 somehow doesn't, but 45 or anything above it does. What's double double bottom? Your point is twofold, though, Jim, isn't it? One is the impact on the economy, and the other is that it does pose a real choice or opportunity for investors who who might prefer not to invest in equities. Exactly. I mean, I think we've had tepid reception for equities for a while now. We did have that vicious decision by the Fed to surprise people in October of last year. But, But, Carl... I, I just think that you could have this terrible situation where uh, rates go up, earnings go down, dollars too strong. And what you would have is people who say, I don't, what do I need this for? Now, no one that I read today is saying, you know what, this could be the end of the move, that rates could stop going higher. And that would be, I mean, obviously one of the greatest things in the world. But I, I just don't see the big layoffs. I don't see the Fed winning yet. I don't know whether one rate hike's enough. I do know that when you speak to people, they don't want to talk stocks. It's like, it's like geez, 4.8. Wow, I can go home. Right. 4.8 and go home. Uh, B of A's got a good note about what it would take to get the 10 to 5. 
they argue it would take more signs of reacceleration, which they don't see happening, and they think fair value is eventually going to come back closer to four. Well, like yesterday, I don't know, interest rates went up so big yesterday. I don't think people realize that this is not on anybody's uh, radar screen. I mean, no one thought this. So you have all, you have a lot of people who just say, you know what, I, I'll just sell all these, the, the mega caps. I, and the government's after them anyway, right? And I, I'll, I'll sell them. I, I got a good gain this year. I'll buy this piece of paper. And if it goes uh, down in yield, you know, maybe I sell, you know, I don't think anyone's even going to buy them. It's all momentum. But I, I, I have to tell you, I feel exhausted by what interest rates are doing. <laughs> Great piece in the journal today about Americans, in their words, finally starting to feel the sting uh, from Fed hikes. And it's worth listening to Diamond uh, one no, more time about what he said about the world maybe not being ready for seven. Take a listen. Do you see or, another or, rate hike, though? I, I think it's more likely than not. But, you know, I, again, we, I think people should be prepared for higher oil and gas prices, higher rates, as a matter of just being prepared. You know, you and I can guess what it's going to be. You don't know. I don't know. No one knows. But I think the odds are higher than that. And so, uh, you know, but hopefully we'll get to that. I, I think the geopolitical situation is the thing that most concerns me. And we don't know the effect of that in the economy. You agree with him? Uh, well, when I was in Philadelphia with him at the beginning of the year, he was talking about six. I think it's perfectly realistic that he could get to seven. Do I agree with him? He's hard to disagree with. He's making a lot of cogent arguments. I think it's also interesting. He comes back to the geopolitical uh, framework of things right now every time. And it doesn't feel as though that really is front and center for anybody who's making decisions about whether to buy or sell equities or that, frankly, either bonds. I mean, geo- geopolitics and obviously the war in Ukraine in particular, but others as well, just doesn't seem to rise to the fore too often. But it's uh, the same and yet thing. he brings it up every single time as one of his chief, no, he not does. number one risk factor. Well, I mean, he's more of a globalist than a lot of these analysts. I mean, there's a great piece in the FT today about how uh, the complete failure of the uh, the sanctions on, on the, the Russians because they're selling uh, oil to the Chinese. You know, I, I came back. I tried to find one positive article today. One positive. I mean, besides the, about the Eagles winning. It's the only <laughs> thing I turned to. I honestly turned. I turned to the Inquirer because that's it. I've, I, I've had it. I, ca- I can't find anything positive. And I, I feel like many people who want stocks to go higher. I feel beleaguered. And the only thing I have going for it is that everybody feels beleaguered. But that's, you know, the contrary sentiment. Uh, You know, someone emailed me today from the club and said, Jim, are you aware of all the stocks you have that are double tops? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's still okay. Well, that's because everything's bad. You get a double top when everything's bad. And David, you know, I don't care about the double top. I care about the idea that maybe there's something out there that's good. I just haven't been able to think of it yet. I mean, it, 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 in my mind, it always comes back to either Morgan Stanley or Goldman. And today it's Katie Huberty saying we're more optimistic about the disinflation trend than the Fed, that the Fed is overemphasizing right. growth over the inflation data. Uh, well, and so they think markets are poised for maybe 50 basis point well, correction here. Well, look, I, I'm a believer that everything is so negative that you got to find things to buy. And that's what I've been telling the club. But I'm not aggressive. I mean, it's not even that much oversold yet, but this, we're setting up October, let's look at it this way, I was watching Wex this morning, watching Frank. 
October, you started off with, October's always good when you come into, uh, come out of this bad September. So, you know, here it is the 26th of September. So what do you bolt now, knowing that October's always been good after? I'm not bolting, but I'm not John Bolton either. But, <laughs> but, but David, when I look at it, when I look at what, if, for instance, what's happening in Detroit, and we, we have a president, not only is he, remember he proclaimed he's the union president? Well, I mean, he's going to be ba- on. He's backing it up. He's actually going to be on the picket line. Yeah, but th- what does that stay for the people who don't want 32-hour work week and don't want a 40% increase in wages? I mean, well, who doesn't want that? Well, no, I'm, no, I, I want, mean, I want that. Will you give him that to me, please? My trust owns shares in Ford, and so, I refuse to be beaten out of Ford the way I was beaten out of Boeing. But so far, I'm looking better now. <laughs> you can't get me to sell Ford. I can't get you to sell no, Ford. No, no, I'm not. No. No. There's nothing I could say. Well, you could make it never going to be able question. to generate a real margin. No, no, I'm just thinking that, that they are. I mean, that Tesla's just going to dominate everything and everybody. See the piece four, today about the missteps in China. Yeah, four times earnings. Four times earnings. I have stocks. Now, let me. Keep, do you say that to yourself in your sleep? Brief, that three hours that you briefly get that you call sleep. Actually, four times I, earnings. Four no, times last earnings. night. Last night I took. Uh, five classes, and I did not go to biology once, and I, the final exam was coming. That's what my dream was. That was, oh, dream. was that one of those dreams? Yeah. Huh? And I didn't go to biology, and I was about to flunk the class. Uh, I know. So as far forced. as I'm concerned, that's the equivalent of, of Macy's at three times earnings. <laughs> like, I didn't take biology. I want to ruin my transcripts. These things get to a level of earnings that is simply not in any way indicative of the future performance Thank of the you. stock price. Thank no, you. No, I'm not saying that's no. good. I'm saying they never get out oh. of that. Well, no. Oh, you mean it's like a valuation trap yes. or something? Yes. Boy, are you negative? I'm saying Macy's down 50% at three and a half times earnings. You should consider it. I mean, what? People aren't shoplifting, you know, Tommy Hilfiger shirts. What's going to be the catalyst that gets Macy's going up? It's just going to have to be earnings, right? It's just going to have to be an increase in sales in some way that's somewhat unexpected. Buyback. By the way, have you seen luxuries not doing well at all? No, no. The, the, looking uh, at a recent the note Merrill Lynch here. EU luxury baskets back to flat. It was up 30 earlier in the year. Valentino's chairman said they're seeing strong signs that growth this year will be much worse than the 10% they'd originally expected. We have expected. a big COVID hangover. People are not spent. We've got the 44 million people tomorrow. Sorry, next week you're going to have to start paying student loans. Well, okay, how about this? I got an idea. Why don't we just stop and come in every morning and I'll say, David, I like the tenure. And then you leave. <laughs> and then we do, we do right here, we do a, a, a stop trading. You can't, David. You're not in the, you're not da- in the shot. David. There you go, okay, yeah. You know, I've been thinking, yeah. I like the tenure. And then I go back here, and we do we do the, you know, what, what do you look at here? With the, you know, we do stop doing and, you, and then maybe I and say I to say, you, hey, Carl, Jim, how about that tenure? So, I like the tenure. I like the tenure here. I think the tenure is breaking out. By the way, wait, wait, okay, the show and then that we're we done. do that is the bottom of the market. And then right, we can get started. That, and that's what, yeah. it's kind of like when we run those specials. Exactly. You know, like, Giant yes. No, Wall Street in crisis or markets Brah. in turmoil. Yeah, markets yeah. in turmoil. Well, this is always a top. Uh, well, sorry, always I, a bottom. I feel like this is an ennui bottom. <laughs> we may be getting there. Uh, Jim mentions, of course, uh, the strike. And later this morning, the president is scheduled to depart for uh, Wayne, Michigan, where he's expected to appear along uh, workers picketing as a show of support for the union against uh, these uh, the big three, the strike. Phil LeBeau is in Wayne, Michigan with the latest. It's going to be a busy day, Phil. <laughs> It's going to be a busy day, Carl, and we're not exactly sure where the president will be here in Wayne County. Um, We assume that it's going to be 
the Michigan assembly plant, which is behind me, but that hasn't been confirmed by the White House. And frankly, we're waiting to see if this is where he will meet with union members. While we wait for the president, we know all that that entails, the politics involved, et cetera. There is the negotiation between the UAW and GM Stellantis and Ford. And when it comes to Ford, a big issue that popped up yesterday is what happens with a new EV battery plant that the company plans to open just west of Detroit in Marshall, Michigan. Why is this important? We'll explain in a bit. This EV battery plant is scheduled to open in 2026 with about 2,500 employees. Ford is investing $3.5 billion in this plant. This is going to be a key part of it, developing the infrastructure for electric vehicles. Well, yesterday Ford said it's pausing construction of that battery plant. And they didn't go into a lot of details, but said they are assessing the ability to competitively operate the battery plant. Hmm, the word competitively there should catch your attention because just a few minutes after Ford issued that statement, the UAW blasted Ford saying, we are simply asking for a just transition to electric vehicles. And Ford is instead doubling down on their race to the bottom. Clearly, this has become a thorn in the discussions between the UAW and Ford in terms of, will these workers be represented by the UAW? Where is the, uh, the plan here? Keep in mind, a number of these EV battery plants are joint ventures between a big three automaker and, let's say, a Korean battery firm or a Japanese battery firm. And they're not under the master agreement of that particular automaker. Now, we don't know all the details that are involved here, but that statement from the UAW just minutes after Ford's, clearly this is one of the issues uh, that's in focus here today. One last thing, as you take a look at what we uh, might be seeing today, keep in mind as you look at GM and Stellantis, you are looking at just 12% of the UAW members here in the U.S. who are on strike right now. Certainly a big deal. We're not trying to downplay that. But keep in mind, it's just 12% of the membership that are on strike right now. So the UAW could make this a much bigger strike in the days to come, weeks to come. They could sit there and say, we want to strike this particular plant or we're going to take down a couple of plants. That remains to be seen. So again, we are waiting for the president to come here to the Detroit area there's a pool camera with him. We know there'll be pictures of him shaking hands with UAW members, giving his speech that we've heard many times about how he stands with organized labor. But beyond that, guys, we don't have a whole lot else. When we left on Friday, we seemed to think that Ford had developed a better relationship with the UAW. We come yeah. in today, this feels like a 96-mile-per-hour fastball thrown at the union. What? Union oh, good Friday, bad Tuesday? What the heck? Uh, I think that's that's the nature of these discussions, Jim. And we've seen this from the UAW. Remember about a week and a half ago, everybody was saying, hey, things are, are they're progressing between Ford and the UAW. And they came out and they absolutely blasted Ford along with the other automakers. And then they said, you know what? We're going to have strikes, Michigan Assembly Plant, and then the two other plants for GM and Stellantis. And then we heard last week, hey, active, very active talks. We heard this from people familiar with the discussions. Very active talk between the UAW and Ford. Now, very active doesn't mean it's positive, but Ford then came out and said, we've made some progress here. Still significant gaps. And then this came out. So I think this is the nature of these discussions, Jim, that it's going to be, it's hard to predict how, what it's going to take to get this over the finish line. Hey, Phil, really quick. Street's trying to gauge the impact of the strike on inflation by looking at inventories and then the impact on used yeah. car prices, for example. Are we going in hot uh, in terms of inventories on the D3? 
I'm glad you asked because I checked in with JD Power yesterday. They have not seen a measurable difference in inventories. Keep in mind, 85% of the production has not changed at all. They're continuing to crank out Ram 1500s at Stellantis, the Chevy Silverado at, at General Motors, Ford F-150s. Those are the big sellers. So there's no change in inventory. And yes, if you're looking for a Bronco or a Ranger, you might see an impact at dealership. But so far, J.D. Power says there is no measurable difference in inventories at this point. Phil, talk to you in a bit. Of course, uh, much, uh, many times I imagine this morning, Phil LeBeau in Wayne County uh, today as the president arrives later on. When we come back, a closer look at AI from Barry Diller's take on the technology to developments involving both Spotify and ChatGPT today. Futures obviously weak. We'll get to some upgrades and downgrades as well, including some calls on Wing and DraftKings. When we come back in a minute. The next thing to pay attention to on AI is not search and chat and stuff like that. It's when it goes from research to action, when it can autonomously get things done for you. Right. Think of travel, being able to say, I want to go to Istanbul. It knows enough about you, enough about all right. of your preferences, that it can basically ask you right. one or two questions and then actually go and execute the transaction. Oh. Right, right now, it's research. When it turns to action, everything changes. That's Barry Diller on Squawk today with his take on what's next for AI. Meantime, Spotify's chief Daniel Ek tells the BBC the company will not ban AI-created content from the platform. And then there's OpenAI, says ChatGPT can now see, hear, and speak. The update to the chatbot allows it to understand spoken words, respond with a synthetic voice and images. Diller's point is, um, whether or not this is all fair use. Yeah. Somebody's got to get paid in his view. Right, well, as we know, it was a key point in the writer's strike uh, and something they believe they have successfully negotiated uh, an answer to. By the way, the leadership votes today, it's a little bit of a process here, but we do expect that it will be fully ratified, that deal that they did finally come to a few days later than I thought they would, but they got there. Um, you know, it's funny though, we talked every day hourly about AI, I think right after the introduction of ChatGPT and all the excitement. We don't do it as often, but I don't think that that means in any way that this is not moving forward at a rapid pace. And I certainly don't think our perhaps only mentioning it once a show instead of numerous times is reflective, Jim, of no. the meaningful move forward this technology is making in the, the attempts at commercialization that are underway at so many companies. Well, Barry Diller said one day, okay, so in July of 2024, your Wintel computer will do it, he said. The chips will be shipped, and you'll be able to book your your restaurant. Your just by just, talking, just by saying, yeah. this no, is it, what, it, I'm going up as it, it is, a year from, going Let's say a year from now, you'll get a PC that can do it. You've been saying Q1 will be the beginning well, of the they use should, cases. That's when that they're going to be marketing them, and in Q2 you'll get them. Uh, Q3, they'll be prevalent, and you'll probably, it's a whole new cycle. That's why one of the reasons why Micron keeps getting recommended. But no, it's here. And I think people don't understand. It's here, and you'll be speaking to your PC, and it knows a lot about you. And exactly what Barry said, it'll, it'll say, look, instead of taking, uh, you can, instead of taking the Emirates flight from, uh, you know, from Kennedy, you live in Summit, you probably want to take the Delta flight. And I'll book it for you. And, and then it'll do that. And it can speak or it can talk. It can write. And this is it. 
And I think one of the reasons why people are so excited about these stocks is it's sooner rather than later. But now it looks like that everyone's just, oh, yeah, I know that. But they don't know that. No. They don't know yeah, that. Yeah, but in the same way that well, the advent of the Internet 25, I mean, when we were. It's big. All, right. But there was a huge bubble, as then, we all know. There was a great deal of excitement, a lot of business plans that were based on nothing. But at the same time, it wasn't as though it wasn't the most significant single thing that happened. But this time, the companies that are using it are making fortunes, right. and they have enough money to be able to put it to work. Oh, and, no. and, and as the Fed pointed out last week, we're, it's now in a world where IT is stacked everywhere, as opposed yeah. to, in some cases, in the late night. Well, you know what? Uh, when I look at Walmart, I look at what I have Confluent on tonight, and they are the uh, engine that makes it so that you can that they can figure out uh, you want a pair of slacks from Walmart, to use that old term. If you want them, they can search the, th- the data and find out whether it's available same day. Well, I mean, can anybody else do that? Does anyone else have the money to do that? I think that's why the other retailers are getting smoked. They just don't have the money to do it. Just let me think about it. But there are going to be products that are going to be developed specifically for different, and there are, so different industries and different We got to go, my friend. All right, we got to go. We'll talk about it more. MetaConnect, of course, begins uh, tomorrow, I believe. Take a look at the pre-market here. Close to early session lows on the pre-market, and we'll get the opening bell in six minutes. All right, we got applause. Who's got an opening bell? Let's squeeze in a mad dash. Mike Ron. You know, I'm searching for something positive, and Citi puts out a piece about their quarter, which is released tomorrow. The close, and they're saying that Micron could have an upside surprise because of DRAM pricing. This is the only piece of research I saw other than Katie. Anybody know? Let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC real time exchange and the big board. It's a Reed Global Net Lease doing the uh, honors at the NASDAQ. It's Ballet Hispanico, nice. based in New York City. Michelle Carissa Cabrera, yes. big uh, supporter really? of theirs. Our okay. executive producer, Todd Bonin's kids, I believe, are attended. That's right. Great, the, great school. Great art, one of the great arts organizations well, here. Well, there's something positive. There's something positive. Right? right. I mean, David, I, that's nice. You yeah. Know? Well, MCC's done a good job there. Well, Shout I just, for her. you know, I, I, oh, by the way, DraftKings was positive too, but that's not tech. I was going to say, and you want to do the upgrade? Uh, JPM goes to overweight. I thought, look, there's a big moat. I think people now are discovering that DraftKings is the, the def, it's like the default one. Oh, maybe the government will go after him. Uh, it, it's just very easy to use. And I know when people look at it, it's, it's intuitive. Uh, it's an intuitive site. David, that does matter because people want to be in the one that's easiest to figure Without out. Without a doubt, right. You want to be, yes, whatever's the quickest and easiest way to... Uh, to lose money. <laughs> well, between Just that kidding. and the um, Domino's top pick at Oppie, well, the Domino's it's like was, definitely football season. You know, the Domino's and the Wingstop are very interesting. The Domino's is that they think the estimate cuts are finally upon us. I like that call uh, because one of the reasons why they've been down is uh, they didn't have the, the uh, DoorDash and Uber. Now they have that. But then the other side of the trade is, is it's up so much, so you're not early. Wingstop, I had them on last week, and the piece I felt was wrong-headed. It talked about how wing prices are interesting. Wing, Wingstop does well because of franchises. And in terms of the franchises that are a bargain to buy, they uh, cost 400000 and you average about $1.7 million. Uh, average unit volume, and they can't get to two million. So, uh, for our viewers who want to own something other than stocks and the tenure, because they've sold the stocks in the tenure, you, you own chicken, chicken wings, chicken, chicken wings. 
Chicken so wings. Like, kind of like plastic? Got it. Uh, it kind of reminds me really quickly of, of McDonald's. Lowest since March. Well, and I, I, you're starting to see McDonald's as a proxy for economic activity. Well, well McDonald's, there's a fight between the franchises. Yeah. They're not thinking they'll get enough. And the franchisees are what matter. And, you know, a great CEO has to do two things at McDonald's. They have to, like, sell a lot of product. But they also have to please the franchisees. And apparently, according to Restaurant Magazine, the franchisees are incredibly unhappy. So uh, in Wingstop's the opposite. In Wingstop, by the way, it's almost impossible to get a franchise because you have to demonstrate kind of like Catch-22. You have to demonstrate that you already are good at a franchise in order to get a franchise. If these uh, weight loss drugs, otherwise known as originally diabetes drugs, yeah. start to become even more ubiquitous, does that hurt fast food sales? Well, I mean, Because there are those people I who want the, to believe that could be the case. I think the people, By the way, I would point out Eli Lilly shares are up in this market, and of course up 51% this year, $525 well, billion dollar market value. I ask... Uh, all the execs who are in the so-called junk food category, whether they're going to get hurt. And they always say the same thing, which is that, look, there's a lot of people who just like junk food. Uh, and that's true. Yeah. Maybe fewer. I mean, alcohol's had this right now. Alcohol's been a real uh, downturn. Medtronic. You can, you can top, look at the Medtronic chart. You can almost see where these drugs began to get marketed. Yeah, that's true. But then if you look at EW, which is recommended today, and that's uh, when you have to have your chest cracked open in order to be able to, you don't, you, don't have to ch- you don't have to crack the chest cavity to use EW. I thought that was a good upgrade this morning. The stock's down a lot. Look at that. Though. But that's yeah. down, but too. Point because, is, I mean, these no, it's could down have, because of, right, these drugs could have a very positive so you're impact overall me, on the healthcare environment if, in fact, people have fewer heart attacks, need, need just fewer everything. Okay, so you're saying Wagovi, Fanovo, Nordisk, and right? Manjaro. Manjaro. Uh, Manjaro. It's Manjaro. Manjaro. You're saying, yeah, well, there are, Ozempic. Ozempic. you're Wagovi saying that a combination of that and ChatGPT has basically made it so nothing happens. Everything's done by the machines. We don't even do any. We don't even eat. No, we're going to uh, be like the people on, uh, on, in Wally. In Wally the, yes. the only yeah. thing that does Although, it. We won't, we won't be fat. Do you know what we'll you, our, <laughs> you know the only thing that tastes good with the Ozempic? No, tell me. Soil and cream. Soil and cream. <laughs> it's, it's, it's people. <laughs> it's people. Too. How great was Edward G. Robinson? I mean, do you ever hear him do Edward G. Robinson? I always make him do it when he's dating. I can't do it oh, soil right and now. green. Oh, no, I don't well, remember him. I mean, I don't, I gotta oh, oh, get so a you don't do it on demand? <laughs> Where is your God now, Moses? <laughs> Loves it every time. Every time. Every time. It's a so Passover good. thing. I got to do it then. It's so great. I yeah, like the laugh because the 10 years made it. The 10 year, <laughs> Ozempic, I mean, wait, a Manjaro, I mean, ChatGPT, and they've wrecked us. There's nothing left. There's uh, nothing. We're done. All right, well, cancel mad money. We've had a good run. Don't you dare cancel mad money. I'm had a heck of about a to run. have 19. Micron's down. Can we just, like, I, I don't want to quit just because everything's bad. We've seen everything be bad before. 2015, remember like when every stock opened down 25%? I do. Look, we've seen 2006. We've seen a lot at this desk. We've, we've lived through We've been through a lot, a lot together. Many times. We've been yes. through financial wars together, and we found things lot. we liked, accidental high yielders. I mean, you know, you've got, here's one that I just been, I looked at yesterday and was like, are you kidding me, 3M? Is it really down here? A dividend aristocrat yield 6.3%? Wow. And what is that? That still tops the 10-year. Yes. 6.3%. Yes. And yeah. by the way, ChatGPT, no. Ozempic, no. Ozempic doesn't, there's nothing to scotch tape. Nothing. 
uh, and 3M conceivably on moving towards ending a lot of the important litigation. Right. I mean, you still you have of, combat you know, arms. PFAS and combat arms. And, yeah, forever chemicals. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I thought that when they solved both these that this would be at 5% yield and decent company. I thought there might be some turn. I didn't recommend it on it for the trust, but I thought that there was a possible lift. Nothing. I mean, doesn't that, now you can tell it's two ways. One is, is to say nothing works. The other is to say, if anybody gets, if the, if the tenure goes down in yield, we're going to be scrambling for everything. But we just don't have that yet. Not yet. Might. Speaking of re- regulation, uh, both real and potential, uh, Eddie Q expecting some testimony today about the Google search deal, which really the street doesn't know a lot about. No, and this is one where the government, this is a Trump case. The other is... Remember, a Biden case is the one about advertising. This is right. this is about search. It was brought by Trump, and it's no, the government. Not, not it was brought by the Justice Department at that time. Oh, you think just you're right. The Justice Department was totally independent yeah. under Trump. I forgot. Well, David, just thank you. Well, thank I mean, you because I forgot. We're, trying, we're gonna keep trying here. But you know, here, what are they doing? They want to. They basically say that there wasn't enough choice. Um, I guess uh, that they well, nothing was could could rival the power of, of of Google Apple. But David, there's an alpha called Microsoft. They have Bing. Yeah, which was a joke for a really long time. Well, but but but, but now it is now it's powered by ChatGPT, well, so, and perhaps it won't be as right. Much so a the joke. case has been overrun by events, is what I'm saying. That often happens when it comes I know. To well, that's trust. what you know, and that's what I think could even happen to. Jonathan Cantor's case when it comes to advertising. The one on advertising. Although so you've many read that case and you believe they have a strong one. I think they have a strong one, but the events also have started to override that, whether it be the trade desk or because there's so many other ways to be able to advertise. And you know, you've got Facebook and you've got, you know, when you look at where you advertise now, you advertise on Amazon, you advertise on Facebook, you advertise on these. Advertise on uh, Instacart. Right. So I mean, the cases seem to be uh, previous generation, uh, but I, I, I am. I remember the Justice Department under Trump at higher level was so independent that I stand corrected. Right. Where'd they come out on Jan six? They're okay. Who? The Justice Department. The, yes, they prosecuted. Right. Yes. The Trump Justice Department. No. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Oh, okay. Why? Because it was a. It was done in the form of a question, just like Jeopardy. Okay. It's going to be a heck of a year ahead of us. I mean, the well, next I'm just saying, months. I look at that case and I just think, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We all love, one of the things we love is search on Google. We're on it every minute. Well, thank heavens the Justice Department is trying to get us to stop that. Whoa. There's something we need. That's what we need. Oh, by the way, we need the FTC to break up Amazon because I was going to ask you about that they, next. I mean, they, they, we charge, they charge very little. It's delivered to your house. I've had enough of that. I want it to be done two days and I want to pay more. Uh, listen, your arguments are, uh, a lot of people agree with them. Thank you. The Thank Justice you. Department or the FTC would say it's not about necessarily um, protecting consumers from these companies as much as it is uh, stifling innovation. That, yeah. And we'll uh, never know what we might have gotten right. if there had been a more uh, competitive marketplace. And who knows what could have happened if Activision Blizzard they merged I mean, with Microsoft. I get it. How about, I get a, it. How about a Horizon were to merge with Amgen? That would be a travesty. I mean, look, can I just say the FTC has become very jocular. It, they're the laughing stock of almost every law school in the country. 
it, it and is, who would ever want to go to the they FTC? They are fighting a difficult battle well, to if you try read to be fair doc- to them, and they have a very hard time convincing judges of their point of view when right. it comes to antitrust law, well, given I, where the law is. And, it's and, class and, warfare. And, and haven't been able yet to cha- convince Congress to change the law. Correct. Right. Well, I mean, they want, she calls for, uh, Lena Khan's calling for class warfare. Um, obviously, President Biden wants class warfare. He's on the picket line. I mean, last I looked, uh, class warfare, bad. David, class warfare, what's it good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I rest my case. Except maybe for the people who are... The American oh, no, I, I favor, look, yeah, I want Amazon to, to charge uh, more and therefore be less good, and I want to be able to support uh, higher prices because that's good for the consumer. Because that's what you'd have if you didn't have Amazon. Higher prices. Can I remind you that you are a dollar sign masquerading as a human? Have I ever said anything else but no, that? I just want to remind that to our When viewers. I met you, I introduced myself as a dollar sign represented by a man. Kind of, it, I'm it, proud of it. Reminds us of there's a story on the tape this morning uh, talking to some investors in the big three automakers who say, yeah, maybe it's time to take a pause on buybacks and give some of that back to labor. Well, look, I, I think that the, I don't think managements have been crazy. They've offered, I mean, they've offered big, Big increases. Uh, it's true that the, the the union hasn't had big raises in a long time. But I, I thought that President Biden would have been, here's what I thought Biden would do. Come in and say, listen, let's get this thing worked out. Let Have the unions get their way uh, for some of this. But let's get people moving. Let's get people working again. That would have been like what I thought the president was going to do. But no, the president's on the picket line. You're, you're, United, the people will never be defeated. Remember that Spartacus League, what we used to do? You're very upset about this, I can tell. I am, because we have a chance to have a, a, the GDP to get crushed by this. Yeah, well, no, maybe that would, maybe, well. At an incredibly important moment of transition for these companies. Well, that's um, what's, you know, it was about EVs. Any number of times. Well, look, there I, is this guy named Musk, though. He employs a lot of people at his factories. Of course, he opens them in other places outside of the U.S. now as well, but. He's a big winner. That's pretty in this. good. He's a huge winner in this. It's worked right? out pretty well. He's huge. President By the way, kind there? of brought manufacturing back. Remember, it was going everywhere else. He actually also, because he manufactures all his own parts too. Although well, now some of his exports out of China getting probed by the EU on some subsidies. So, well, I mean, are we going to keep the 27 percent tariff on the Chinese? I asked Secretary Mondo that from Commerce. Right. We're not. It's not clear, but if we get rid of that, then. The EVs are all, we're going to buy Chinese EVs, they'll be so cheap. Yeah, we can't let that happen. No. That wouldn't be good for the American consumer. No, or for the Princess Bride. See, that's the thing. It goes both ways, right? Why not let everybody, to your point, though, then why not let everybody, Jim, have a really cheap EV? Uh, uh, Powered automobile. It's just, so what if it's made in China? Wasn't that the argument how we got her in the first place? We've done very much to be able to have a manufacturing base. The fact that our price of TVs came down so much? Okay, fine. You wouldn't buy a Chinese EV? Not, not in a million years. Yeah. Would you be happy if they were readily available here, tariff-free? I don't even look. I had Nucor on last week. I don't trust Chinese steel. By the way, how's that By the way, it's in a lot it? of bridges. You better trust it. Yeah, a lot well, of U.S. I was bridges. against that. I stood against that. You and stood that, against it? I stood against that. But Evergrande, how's that doing? The $30 billion Evergrand, they owe? Evergrande, uh, the Chinese, again, always under a veil of some right. secrecy. Well, well, I think we're going to talk to Eunice well, about I it think, later. I think what's interesting uh, is when we have two seen, senior managers uh, what happens, apparently take let's, let's talk about the two different countries. I got some stuff uh, when to When a get CEO to. screws up in our country, what happens? Are they detained by the Justice Department? No, they're given a golden parachute and told they can have a lot of money. Which is better? 
detained? I can't figure out where he's coming from. I have no now idea myself like, at this point. It's <laughs> <laughs> like those CEOs are making too much money. should be put in jail. <laughs> Every right. grant, I don't know whether they should be detained. I don't know what happens when they're detained. Is I, that I'm good? Gonna, you know what? I'm going to give you a, a minute break to just no, think I'm, I'm about depressed. things. I'm depressed by the market. Okay? Give me a chance here. All right, I'm, I'm gonna depressed give you a by the market. Just, just have some introspection. I'm a dollar sign represented by a man. Oh, okay. rest med is up. Well, how about corner, that? Rest a little bit. Guys, I want to try to explain the serious... A liberty situation. I'll probably fail to do that. You can't everything be associated with serious with liberty is typically complex. But uh, you know, for a lot, we've had this tracking stock because they own most of Sirius. Remember, in fact, they hold 3.2 billion shares of Sirius. They have 327 million of the outstanding uh, total outstanding shares of the tracker. Um, so that works out to 9.8 Siri per LS. XM, and there it is, the A, look at the K as well, if we can. They're using a 1.05 ratio here, or 1.05 overall gets you to 10.3 ratio. That's what we're talking about. If you're a Siri holder, what are you getting is what you're asking me here, and I'm trying to explain it. Uh, you're gonna get one share of the new company and 55 cents roughly in cash. That's not as much as if you're an, uh, a holder of the tracker, right? It's coming together here. That's what the whole idea is. This spread has been enormous for the longest period of time. The idea is to try to, to, to resolve it by creating just one company, one stock. Um, and that's where they are. It's got to be approved. I think a special committee is going to have to approve it of the board. Independent directors will be a part of that. Um, but again, series coming down in part because of the where the offer is and then the tracker uh, that you see right there in the form of LSXMA and K uh, both moving up because um, you're going to get again uh, um, 1.05, 10.3 ratio, LX uh, 2.1 billion of debt gets you to that 55 cents as well. That's the cash payment that I mentioned. Uh, and if you are uh, LSXM, you're getting 1.05 shares. I know. I know. I failed to explain much of it to anybody. Serious is it's quite complex. Yeah, is be, the overall mm. thing is here, these two things, the trackers never tracked successfully no. the underlying, and they're trying to resolve that. Well, Sirius was always a play on used car sales. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the underlying fundamentals of Sirius. This is simply financial transactions. It just seems very inexpensive. It has, but it has weird moves. Remember, it got added to this index, and then this index, in part, you couldn't lend shares. It couldn't get shorted. That had uh, brought a short squeeze. It sent the shares up even more. So it's it's sometimes deviated from the underlying fundamentals. It's good call. I don't know. Yeah. But again, we'll see if it gets approved. They tried once before, but it didn't get there. They made an offer once before. Uh, as we go to break, let's get a look at the bonds. As we said earlier, uh, overnight, 10-year, 456 has come back a bit. A busy day today, $48 billion in uh, two-year auctions. We'll get new homes uh, in a few minutes. Bowman later on tonight. Right now, 10-year, right around 453. With the Dow down 146 and all S&P sectors red. Don't go away. Jim and stop trading. If you're searching for positive research, there's a bear note. Fresh pick Rivian. Where they're talking about demand made strong, margins improving, uh, building the brand through a growing showroom presence. And uh, they're using a $30 price target at 21. This is just one unbelievably positive note. So if you're looking for an EV, a lot of our you know, viewers like EV uh, that's doing well, 
let's point the ribbon. Very nice. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a really good piece of research. One thing we didn't get to um, today was the underperformance of Apple, one of the worst Dow names, even despite some of these lead times, at least for uh, the basic iPhone 15. Long knives are out for Apple. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, when I look at what I see, I see good demand, but it is a large cap stock, and the large cap stocks are falling prey to the tenure, and I think it's just another casualty of the tenure for now. I don't see anything else other than this watch ban that people think that's coffee stains right. or some silly thing. Right. How about tonight? Okay, so I have Carrier, which is doing quite well, particularly because of a lot of uh, stimulus money. And I have Confluent, which is one of these companies that does incredibly well uh, if you want to use AI. So I'm trying to play to the strengths of the market because I am a dollar sign represented by a man, but it's sorely, I'm sorely trusted. So, you know, sorely what? Sorely tested. 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 Yes. I'm tested. Yes. Our viewers could tell. <laughs> And, well, of course, I mean, we'll have Costco to kick around tonight. We're looking at consumer, maybe getting share of uh, higher income. Well, I know David hates it because it's in my trust. <laughs> How about that Ford? How's that working out for you? You just just give me your energy, Rob, so otherwise stay away. Oh, this still works, by the way. Oh, that, that, It the, still works. Another couple of days. This is where I, I double-click you. You know, I just get rid of you. I'm aware of what that means. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, sorry, sorry to you, and, I'm still talking. And I, I'm not pro Trump or pro Biden. I'm pro the working person and the company getting together and everybody wins. I'm pro it. He's pro everyone, Carl. The working person, the CEO. Why not? Overpaid. There's not money to go around. Shareholders, company, union. But I think President Biden has made a decision. I think he's a decision. Uh, Jim, we'll see. We're about to we're on the cusp of losing 4,300 here. Oh, that no. would be the first time uh, of the quarter. Uh, well, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.